Welcome to Run Out Grooves. It's a sports podcast about music and a music podcast about sports. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. are back sort of i am your least favorite lupine wolf rambats and i am writing solo for this bonus episode it has been a tough week in the runout groups factory a lot of life stuff a lot of work stuff dave and i will be back potting it up soon but for today you got me and what's on the docket today i'll be running down a few newer albums that i like it's the podcast version of me cornering you at a dinner party And then, instead of recommendations, I'll be answering your questions. It's a mini Twitter mailbag. So, let's take a quick break, and then I will be back with some new tunes. Want an inside look at the music industry? Join Corey, Curtis, Holly, and me, Aaliyah, as we interview music professionals and go over hot topics in the industry. Listen to C-Squared on Spotify today and get the knowledge you need to market your music, or just learn more about the artists you love. Okay, and we are back. I really don't have any grand plans as far as the formatting for this is going to be concerned. I think we're going to be touching on four or five albums that I like a lot, and that's going to be pretty much it. Okay, let's start things off with some noise rock. Why not? The band is Dale Kerrigan, the album is The Water, and it is out now on Trace Untrace Records. Dale Kerrigan is a quartet from Dunedin, New Zealand, that's noise rock in the sense as noisy and rocks, but has more in common with say, I don't know, like Oxbow's avant-garde inclinations. Actually, let's talk about modern noise rock real quick. If this were a cheeseball BuzzFeed listicle, I'd say that noise rock is having a moment. There's a lot of fascinating work being done right now. For instance, the new Ken Mode album Null unites the band's heavy-as-heck noise rock and metalcore with industrial and swans-type no-wave. Then there's Sexual Jeremy's The Real Sexual Jeremy, which is like U.S. Maple gone King Crimson. You also have killer contributions from bands like Nerver, Model Citizen, and Rubbing that do more straight-ahead stuff with a live wire spark. And then you have wild fusions like the Boston band Crippling Alcoholism and their album When the Drugs That Made You Sick Are the Drugs That Make You Better. That one is like a scrunky seasick Bauhaus. It is nuts. So yeah, like, uh, that's all proof and concept. Noise Rock of late is now more experimental and richer and better than the early 2000s wave of stuff that typically was more concerned with doing, like, a drunk Jesus Lizard cosplay. Anyway, back to Dale Kerrigan. Dale Kerrigan fits into this modern crop pretty well because it doesn't really sound like any other band. Its first album was titled Noise Bitch and earned praise from everyone who heard it, which, you know, wasn't enough people, if I'm being honest. Good record, more people should listen to it. The title is derived from an art school project by singer-guitarist Schlee Nichols. I'm going to quote this next part from a profile of Nichols that appeared in Everything is Noise. Quote, Tired of playing gigs where men came up to my pedals and told me what they did, Nichols created a pedal that did absolutely nothing and put it in her chain. 
The noise bitch pedal gives me powers on stage, says Nichols. End quote. Needless to say, I love this kind of stuff, and I love Nichols' approach to guitar. This is from the same interview. Quote, She's already played around with putting a guitar inside a piano, and a piece where she drilled two guitars together, hung them from a ceiling with chains, and whacked it with a metal rod. End quote. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, may we all whack a double guitar with a metal rod. I'm sure that's an urban dictionary somewhere. Anyway, The Water, Dale Kerrigan's second album, is definitely fueled by that sort of why-not approach to music. The Water is eclectic. It has seven tracks that wind through a bunch of styles. It's like, I don't know, like going to Sonic Youth's record shelves and pulling out a bunch at random and like just throwing it together just an album, but it becomes this awesome unified whole. There's Krautrocky jams and noise freakouts and no-wave blowouts and avant-classical chamber parts in the old post-rock sense. Like, I don't know, think like Rachel's in that respect. All of it comes together as this super dynamic whole. It reminds me a bit of the noise rock version of the men's Open Your Heart. But yeah, as I said at the top of this thing, Dale Kerrigan is its own thing. That is what makes him special. I really need you to check this band out. Moving on, the band is OK O'Clock, the album is Fading Rather Not, and it's out now on Dirtbag Distro. Okay, let me pick this up a bit. <laughs> this was supposed to be like a bonus episode, not like a five-part like BBC miniseries. OK O'Clock is a grungy emo indie rock band from Kansas City. Fading Rather Not is the quartet's second album, and I guess it's also their last album, if Bandcamp liner notes are to be believed. That is too bad, because I think the band really captures something here. It's at that perfect intersection between, like, the anthem, hook-laden qualities of old pop-punk, like Face to Face, and the slack mf vibes of 90s emo and indie rock. As you can expect, the riffs are great. They have that pulverizing melancholy that a band like Seaweed used to crush us all with. I think the key to this album, though, is the distortion. When OK O'Clock stomps the distortion, it feels incredible, like when Nirvana would drop the hammer on live versions of aneurysm. Like, the guitars at times almost sound like, I don't know, like Discharge or some of the Scandi hardcore bands like Anti-Cymex. Part of the reasons that this distortion hits so hard is that this album was recorded and mixed in a basement. You know, there's something about a real amp that's turned up real loud that amp modeling just can't capture. All this loudness is in service of downer anthems that would be the most downloaded post on Willfully Obscure if this album came out in the 90s. Of course, it did not. It's coming out now. I also think that this is dropping at just the right time. Fading Rather Not is a perfect fall album if you're trying like hell to hold on to summer. It really captures that vibe, that sense of loss that comes when that first cold wind of winter starts to blow through. All 
right, the band is Vinyl Williams, the album is Cosmopolis, and it's out now via the band. The most known project I'm discussing today is Vinyl Williams, the solo project of Los Angeles' Lionel Williams. The new album is Cosmopolis, and again, it pushes all the right buttons for me. Musically, the project is like everything that Julian Cope was into, repackaged into something that's like if the zombies were into sparkling New Age music. Vinyl Williams is aware of these contrasts, intentionally playing them up, and I am here for all of them. In interviews, the artist has talked about wanting music that's soft yet fast, blowing apart the conceptions we have about music that's gentle and bright. Vinyl Williams has been a breath of fresh air in this modern psych scene since I first heard of them. They came into my orbit in 2015's Into. I hate to use this term because it has been destroyed by memes, but Vinyl Williams' vibe is unparalleled. It's this smear of glistening tones. Like, it sounds like what sunlight refracted in a waiting pool looks like. Even when the tracks get super naughty and proggy, as they often do, like, like this stuff like spins into like caravan directions, the starlight twinkling and greenhouse warmth, just it just never dissipates. It allows me to listen to these albums over and over again. I got a feeling that Cosmopolis is going to be no different. I, I really love this band. The artist is Jasmine Infinity, the album is Bitch Slap, and the re-released version is out now on Dark Entries. So I listen to a lot of so-called like electronic music. I don't know if that's what you know we're calling it, or if that was like the marketing designation that uh, you know A and R people in the '90s came to, it, like electronica, right? So I don't know if like electronic is like the big umbrella term for like <laughs> like electronic music. But anyway, that's what we're going for here. I just bring this up to say that like I don't think my taste has made it into this century yet. Like, I'm the idiot whose favorite artist is Aphex Twin and thinks LTJ Bookham's, like, uh, logical progression is the best mix of all time. Like, that kind of thing. Like, that's where I'm coming from. But I've been slowly wading into newer techno, and I think I picked a great guide in Jasmine Infinity. The Brooklyn-based artist is the founder of New World Disorder, a label and collective. Bitch Slap, Infinity's debut, was recently remastered. And, you know, it, it just, like, absolutely rules. Like, that's, that's my review of this thing. Like, it rules. Like, it's full of fierce, clanging techno that's also, like, I don't know, like, like moody and brooding? Like, I lack the technical expertise, obviously, to break all this down, but it's definitely what you'd hear pumping out of the coolest warehouse in your city's industrial sector. It also pulls off that rad techno trick of being, like, I don't know, like, very loud, yet sounding very far away, like it's just booming out of a cavern. Anyway, like, all this is to say, thank you for bringing me into the 2020s Jasmine Infinity. Uh, she also did a super cool mix for Resident Advisor a couple years back, so definitely check that out too. All 
right, the artist is Tantric Bile, the album is Baca, and it's out via the band. Okay, saving the craziest for last, Tantric Bile is part of an incredible California scene fusing free jazz with brutal death metal, grind, and other unexpected genres. The biggest band of the bunch thus far is Effluence, a project that Weasel Walter of the Flying Ludabacker said was crazier than his band, and the band that Weasel was referencing is the all-star improvisational brutal death metal collective in Centeract. So, I mean, that's like, pin that to your lapels, like, what an achievement. So Effluence has evolved beyond that, even, uh, with this year's Sarmat. That is a record that sounds like the art ensemble of Chicago in the process of swallowing defeated sanity alive. I cannot stress this enough, this stuff is wild. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Effluence. We're here to talk about Tantric Bile, and that's a side project of Effluence's Matt Steffens. Tantric Bile's debut, Seminal Baptism, fused jazz and grind. The band tagged itself as extremely hard bop. I, I will give that to you one more time. The band tagged itself as extremely hard bop. It gets better. Another band in the Influence Extended Universe is also a good descriptor of what Tantric Bile is bringing to the table. That name of that band is Gornet Coleman. One more time, Gornet Coleman. I love it. Since then, Tantric Bile has grown into something else, much like Effluence has grown into something else. Tantric Bile's latest album is Baca, which does away with almost all of the grind elements entirely. What is left is free jazz plus a 1980s take on Exotica. It's like those Ema Sumac records from the 50s gone vaporwave, evoking that 80s mall music aesthetic of music that you can't quite place but evokes a certain feeling. So, like, as you can expect, the music is a pretty good fit for the theme. Quote, Baca is a musical interpretation of the 1980 film Tanya's Island, end quote, says the Bandcamp liner notes. Once upon a time, there was a man, a woman, and a beast. <sighs> On Tanya's Island, adrift in a tropical paradise where fantasy and reality blend. Two lovers find heaven and hell. Tanya's Island. Gotta talk about this movie. So this is a fittingly bonkers 1980s pseudo-arty soft porn fantasy movie starring Vanity, later of Vanity 6. Yes, that Vanity. Like, this movie warps my brain and i've only watched the trailer like i think it was one of those movies that's like has like arty inclinations but it's just an excuse to look at vanity's butt <laughs> like wow i am a huge prince dork and i have never heard of this movie like i am such a prince freak that i have opinions about like elder barge's tip of my tongue and i did not know that tanya's island existed but oh it exists and Geez, does it ever exist? I'm going to read you the synopsis of this movie from Wikipedia. Quote, Tanya is a female model in Toronto who lives with her boyfriend Lobo, a surrealist painter who is extremely violent. Subjected to Lobo's constant abuse, Tanya dreams of escaping to a desert island and her dream comes true. 
The only other person on our island is an enormous blue-eyed man-ape who <laughs> emerged from one of Lobo's paintings. Tanya befriends the beast and nicknames him Blue. Soon she begins to feel a strange attraction to the creature, which makes Lobo increasingly jealous in the real world. He becomes determined to capture the man-ape and put it in a cage. End quote. Oh my god. So the hazy dreamlike feel of the movie is evoked perfectly by Tantric Biles Baca. It's an album that just feels unreal at every turn. It kind of does the opposite of what Vinyl Williams is bringing to the table. Vinyl Williams is taking stuff that's like fast and heavy and making it sound like easy to listen to. Like it's like, this is the exact opposite. This is taking stuff that's like easy to listen to and making it sound like, like, like there is like some caterwauling free jazz on here that just sounds so amazing. Like I, very few albums make me say whoa out loud when I'm listening to them, I'm going for my walks, but like, this is one, like I said, whoa, so much to this album. And one of the things I said, whoa, at is that fighting for space in the wash of free jazz exotica are grind guttural vocals. It's like reality trying to seep in through the cracks, like the way an alarm clock might be manifested in a nightmare. Tantric Bile is one of the most adventurous bands out there. If you're into experimental music, you need to hear this. Okay, there are my albums. Let's take a quick break and then I will be back with your questions. Hey, this is your least favorite Lupine, Wolf Rambats, and I'm here with Stephen Davis. Stevenson Davidson, how you doing, man? Doing great. Hey, so uh, we got a podcast called the Plague Rages Podcast. It is a heavy metal podcast for two heavy metal writers talk about music. And uh, Steve, Dave, like, what kind of shenanigans do we get up to? Oh, you know, we like wax poetic about our sad dating lives. Did you have any, any other hobbies other than listening to metal? Jim B, bad news, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about what our new favorite tracks are. I have no shame saying this, that End of Time is on my list of dumbest songs that have almost made me cry. Oh, dude, Future Cars. <laughs> we revisit albums that we think maybe deserve a second chance. I've been regretting this ever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, all that good stuff. So if uh, you'd like to check that out, you can hear us at plaguerages.substack.com. All right, mailbag time. I asked for your questions on Twitter and got some good ones. If you'd like to send us a question, you can reach us at runoutgrusepod at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash runoutgrooves. You can also find me on Twitter at wrambats. Uh, let's go ahead and get to these questions. So Ron asks, what podcasts do you like? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... If you ask me a question, I'm also going to log roll for all of your projects because I appreciate you so much. And I actually had a bunch of rad people ask me questions, so I this is like the least I could do. So this is Ron Bentoven from uh, Machine Music. That is an excellent hub for music recommendations and in-depth interviews. Love that site. You gotta go to it. Ron just dropped the fourth installment of the Milliam Kashat uh, compilation series. Ron, if I'm mispronouncing that, my bad. But... You really did good work on this comp. It is another banger. Uh, Ron just has an incredible nose for experimental music, and uh, like you can see the results on this compilation. 
You can find links to all of that in the uh, podcast liner notes. Uh, what, what do like normal people call the liner notes for podcasts? Like the uh, uh, the description. You can find po- like all that stuff in the description. Okay, let's let's actually answer the question and, and do what do what I intended to do. All right. So I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm going to narrow these down to stuff that I think people can't miss. This is going to be stuff that's like maybe like on the less popular side that uh, it really makes my week when it's whenever it like it drops in my feed. And yeah, like obviously, please, dear God, listen to the Plague Rages podcast and the C Squared podcast so like I can quit my job. <laughs> like my job is terrible. I need this so badly. Anyway. <laughs> Here's my podcast recommendations. So first up, Quaid in Full is a podcast by Sarah D. Bunting and Jeb Lund. Lund also does the great It's Christmas Town podcast with David Roth. I recommend them both. Anyway, Quaid in Full, quote, rates, reviews, and ranks every single televisual work in which Dennis Quaid appears, end quote. It's a delight. I love podcasts that have a narrow cast point of view like this. Really good stuff. Next up, Cocaine and Rhinestones is a country music history podcast by Tyler Mahan Co. The scholarship in this is incredible. Uh, the last season detailed the Nashville sound and did an extended dive into the life of George Jones. Like, you're not going to hear another music podcast like this. Dakota Ring is a podcast that's hosted by Willa Paskin, and that one examines the context around trends old and new. Again, the scholarship here is incredible. Uh, the podcast on poet Rod McEwen is, like, way more than I ever expected to know about Rod McEwen. Next up, Apocrypals is, quote, a podcast where two non-believers read through the Bible and try not to be jerks about it, end quote. Love this podcast. Love the rapport between the two hosts. You have Benito Serino and Chris Sims. Uh, the information is, like, college-level stuff. Like, like we're really, like, digging into the weeds about, like, the, the background about, like, why the stuff is, like, featured in the Bible. Like, like who put this stuff together, who wrote it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, like, always engaging and super funny. Along that same line, there's 372 pages we'll never get back. And that is, like, a bad book club between Connor Listoka and Michael J. Nelson, both of Rift Tracks. You might also remember Michael J. Nelson from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, the podcast started out breaking down the truly horrendous Ready Player One by Ernest Klein and has since stuck around diving into bad books of all shapes and sizes. Love it. Next up, Tumen Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. My beloved Tumen Bay. So, like, I love me a radio drama. And, like, man, is John Scott Dryden ever good at making radio dramas? Tumen Bay is a multi-season epic, and it uses the Mamluk slave dynasty of Egypt to tell a story of rebellion and palace intrigue. If you like this one, I definitely suggest any of the other things that John Scott Dryden has done. Uh, there's like Passenger List, Life After, uh, Love Me a Radio Drama, Love Me a John Scott Dryden Radio Drama. Next up, You Must Remember This is a, quote, storytelling podcast exploring the secret and or forgotten histories of Hollywood's first century, end quote. I mean, you're like sensing a theme through all, all this stuff, and the theme is the scholarship is just incredible. Uh, Karina Longworth pulls out the stops of the research. I really, really, really love the 2020 season on Polly Platt. Like, one of the, the best podcast seasons I've ever listened to. Like, look, I'm, like, I could go on about this stuff for days. This is getting super long. Like, you know, like, This American Life, yes. The Dana Gould Hour, yes. Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, yes. Like, the long-form podcast has great interviews with journalists. Like, I'll, I'll stop. I could, I could go on for, I could go on for ages. 
All right, next question. Curtis asks, why do you call yourself Wolf Rambats on Twitter? All right, so Curtis is, of course, the co-host of the C-Squared podcast and the C-Squared PR company. Long story short, uh, Wolf Rambats. So full name for Wolf Rambats is Wolfgang Rambats. And that person played guitar on Not Fragile's 1995 album, The Return. That's their only credit in Encyclopedia Metalum. Uh, we found this, oh, geez, like 10, 15 years ago. And just like the impossibility of that stage name, just like it always cracks me up. Like wolf, ram, bats, like three mammals right in a row. It's like lion, ibex, duck. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, what a way to name yourself. Anyway, like, the, the story behind this is that basically I needed a pseudonym to give me some separation from the name I use for my day job. So, you know, I wouldn't have, like, HR people ask me about, like, my dead infection takes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, joke's on me because, like, everyone knows who I am because I write under my other name anyway. But, like, at this point, I just kind of, like, I like the kayfabe. You know, it, it, like, gives me another layer in the other direction, so I'm not besieged by, like, I don't know, like, middling death metal bands that are angry that I compared them to Jungle Rot. <laughs> like, it just, it just works for me. I don't know, is that, is that a good enough answer? <laughs> Sorry, Curtis, if so. I'm sure we can talk about this on a future C-Squared podcast. All right, Barry Ann asks, what genre of music are dogs? Great question. So, Barry Ann is also the head of FIA Productions. I'm, I'm going to toot your horn here. Like, that is one of the best black metal labels going right now. Like, if you like lo-fi black metal of, you know, like, any distinction, like, definitely check out this label immediately. As for what genre of music are dogs, this is tailor-made for us, right? We've actually answered this one before. At least I've answered this one before. Uh, Doug Moore of Piron, Sepitus, Weeping Source, Scarcity, and, like, way more uh, answered this on the Plague Rages podcast. His answer was that dogs are death metal and cats are black metal. Like, I think that's pretty dead on. However, if, you know, if we're going to expand this outside the realm of metal and use, I don't know, like all genres of music are at our disposal, uh, like the ghost of DMX is going to haunt me if I don't say it's hip hop, right? But like, I don't know, like a part of me says it's disco. Like, like it's usually happy. It's energetic. It's happy to see you. It likes being around you. Like, I don't know, like disco sounds like a dog to me right? All right. Joshua asks, what are your favorite labels right now? Hey, like, of course, this is Joshua Virgil, uh, maker of the game Fox in the Forest. Also, like, one of the only reasons I log into Twitter. <laughs> like, uh, Joshua does this awesome series called Five Random Songs. All right. Like, what are my favorite labels? Like, this could be a podcast in and of itself. Uh, the aforementioned FIA Productions is really on one right now. My beloved New Standard Elite is the gold standard in brutal death metal. Sentient Ruin has really been on a hot streak for, like, mean, noisy metal. Uh, one that's, like, just, like, come out of the blue this year and it's, like, been absolutely crushing it with every release is uh, Blood Harvest. Like, they've really come into their own. Uh, outside metal, like, I really like fancy music out of Moscow. Like, they do a really good job of collecting modern music from Russia that's, like, jazz and avant-garde classical, like, really neat stuff. Latano series in Italy. Yes, 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 yes. They've been crushing it with ambient and new age stuff. Um, Iron Lung Records, Static Shock, Sorry State. Uh, they always have interesting punk stuff. Zajema Beach Records. Like, they've single-handedly revived Screamo. Like, it, it, they've done amazing stuff. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Thompson Square. Like great label for mostly guitar-based music. You got your American Primitism. You got your Bossa Nova. They just put out a Bolasete compilation. Like that is just absolutely rules. Vampa Soul is another killer reissue label. Like they have this album that they just reissued from Alfredo Linares. Like, holy crap. Like what an album. Anyway, like I'm sure I'm leaving a ton out, but you know, those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Uh, Gary asks, favorite two to three albums from the 80s, any genre? Oh, okay. Uh, Gary, this is uh, Gary from Karanir, Gone Mage, Homeskin, Salomoth, like probably a ton more, like super creative musicians. I, I recommend all those bands. Like if you if you need a band that's going to bust your brain wide open, like check out anything that Gary Brents is doing for sure. Great question, but... Like, I think we got to save this one for a standalone podcast. Like, I could go for ages about this stuff. Like, as a teaser, I have, like, really surprising choices. I think you'd ID me as just going for, like, metal in this case. But, like, if we're accounting D-Train's 12-inch singles, like, that compilation as an album, like, I don't know. Like, maybe that sneaks itself in there. All right. John asks, how old are bears? Oh, John Rosenthal, co-editor of Invisible Oranges, plus like 18 billion pants. Oh, John, 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 John. Um, you know what? I can't bear to answer this question. Um, you might think the polar opposite, but I fear that the answer is too grisly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah! Ah! Oh, 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 I've transformed into my final form. The Gut Buster. I think that's going to be it for your questions. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for sending them in. Again, if you want to shoot us a question, you can uh, do that at runoutgroovespod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail message at anchor.fm slash runoutgrooves, or you can hit me up on Twitter at WRambats. Okay, that is it for me. Our theme song is Welcome by New Sweet Breath. You can find that banger on its 1996 full-length Demolition Theater. You can find more of Greg Markle's amazing music at gregmarklemusic.com. You can subscribe to Run Out Grooves on your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating and a review. Please, if you like us, share us around. If you'd like to drop us a line, email us at runoutgroovespod at gmail.com. No Dave Fonseca this week, so it's just me, Wolf Rambats, signing off. Goodbye. Yeah.